Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, check, check. What's good, everybody? This is Megan Rand. Thank you for being here. This is another exciting episode of Matt Mania brought to you by me and all my hard work. I'm actually at home this time. I got a really, really awesome special guest, my man Derek Montilla, a.k.a. Cap Caveman on Twitter. He covers the D-backs for the Sports Cave. He covers wrestling and uh, does the podcast, The Steel Cage and The Dirty Sheets. He does so much stuff. Um, I think that he's a guy who does almost as much as me. So really excited to chat with him. We talked about sports a little bit. So don't be too upset if you if you aren't really a sports guy. We, we did a um, little bit of Phoenix area sports because he's a Phoenix dude. Now, um, it is back to school time I've recently been made aware of. It's hard for me to keep up as a teacher. So um, I when I see people start talking about back to school and sending their kids away the first day of schools and you know and some kids are school age for the first time and that's really been crazy my um my nephew uh on my wife's side is going to school and like I remember when he was born and I'm like oh my god I'm old so um that's crazy so if you are going back to school teachers or students you know best of luck Keep it popping. Um, get a good podcast to travel to school with, and uh, hopefully, we'll get you in the right mood to tackle the day, like my podcast. Anyway, enough self promo because you're listening to my show, so obviously, you know what it is. Uh, thanks to my last week's guest, Kalik, for being awesome. Um, thanks for the feedback on that show, as well as thank him for putting me onto Uber Eats because that was awesome. Uh, found a new place by me because of that an Asian fusion joint. So I had a bow for the first time. B A O bow. Is that how you pronounce that? I think. Let's just say it's how you pronounce it. But moving on to some more important things. Uh, I really am excited about this episode. We get to talk a lot of wrestling. We talk a lot about music. Uh, we talk a lot about a little bit about sports. And uh, our expectations of what the new era has been all about. I honestly got to say, man, SmackDown has been decent. Raw has been good. Uh, but uh, it doesn't, I can't help but shaking the feeling that Raw is the A show, SmackDown's the B show. I don't know what they got to do, but hopefully they'll get it together. They got some cool small storylines going that I'm, I'm into on both shows, though. So overall, it's not bad. All right. Um, I was just at a family reunion this past week in Columbus, Ohio with my wife's family. And it was a lot of fun, man. Like, I wasn't sure how I was going to dig it. But, you know, family is love, you know, good food, good drink, good people. 
it's it's a great time. So I know a lot of my friends we talk about it like not being family reunion people, like not being into it. But honestly, I gotta say, like if you if you got some family, you know, like cherish it and try to help organize a family reunion or something, cause it's a great escape, man, and it feels good to be around people and love and all that. And I know every family's not like that. Everybody, every family's got some stuff, but but you know, life's short, man. So I think that you should spend some time with your family as long as you can. And family isn't just blood, you know what I mean? Just it's people that are there for you, people that spread love. So, yeah, do that. Got a couple shows coming up. This weekend, I will be in L.A. I'm actually going to see Adele. Uh, So that isn't my show. But that Sunday, I'll be in Riverside, California at The Vibe. Brick to your face, son. That's the name of the company puts it together. Uh, It's going to be fun. My man, The Real World Sound is going to be there. And a lot of others that I've rocked with before. So it's going to be a fun, nerdy, underground hip-hop show. Like, I, I feel so good knowing that those things exist now because they haven't, or in the past, they hadn't existed. So anyway, I got that. We're going to MizuCon in Miami the very next weekend. I'm going to Miami. And then from there to the only place that could be compared to Miami, Warwick, Rhode Island <laughs> for TempleCon uh, the very next weekend. So I'll be out there. And then the next weekend after that, San Fran for uh, San Francisco Comic-Con. And then I'm going to Japan for a week. I'll be playing in Yokohama and Tokyo. Info on that and more is on my site, megarain.com slash shows. I just redid my whole site, man. And I don't know anything about the web, but I did that. So I'm proud of myself. But anyway, it's a good media episode. So let's get into it. Derek Montia, me, Megaran, and uh, we'll chat about all kinds of things and i'll see y'all on the other side make sure to keep messaging me let me know you're listening uh five star and all that good stuff and um let me know what you want to see or hear on it all right i will talk to you soon i'm megaran and i love you peace y'all it's matt mania oh yeah ring the bell what's going on everybody this is megaran and i'm back with another episode of matt mania and i have a special guest my special guest is going to introduce himself in a minute um, I had the pleasure of getting on his podcast, and we talked about some great things on the Steel Cage. Uh, but this man does several things in several different places, um, and I was really, really excited to be able to lock him down. He's also an Arizona resident like myself. So, Derek, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you for taking some time out and chatting with me. I am... Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm excited to chat with you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the, the Steel Cage a while back. Um, avid listener. And I appreciate what you guys do. So let's just get started with you personally. I want to figure out who you are, what's your your history, because you wear many hats. I, I do. And, uh, <laughs> you do. You're kind of a guy like me with a lot of a lot of different things going on. So really quickly, what do you do? And what makes it so special? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, what I get to do honestly is uh, cover things that I, I really have enjoyed my entire life. You know, the the two things I've always been into ever since I was a little kid uh, was wrestling and sports. And 
Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to fall into the sports gig here in Phoenix and, and get to cover some of the local teams. I cover the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Phoenix Suns, uh, the ASU Sun Devils, and you know I've I've been fortunate enough to be given that opportunity. It was it was great. It was a blessing. Um, but I, I'm above all, I'm I'm really just the biggest wrestling fan. So when I had the opportunity to kind of transition some of the journalism I was doing into wrestling and realizing that you know there's people that actually you know want, wanted to hear you know what what I had to say. It, it felt really good and, um, you know, expanded me being a wrestling fan. I went from just kind of watching it and catching the occasional show to traveling to WrestleMania every year and going to stuff like PWG in California. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been a blast, man. I'm, 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 I love the guys that I, I work with on the steel cage. Uh, they're, they're, you know, my, some of my best friends in the world now, and mm-hmm. I met them through doing this. So it, it's been kind of special for me to, to meet the people I've met and, and do the things I've, I've done. I mean, it was completely unexpected. And to, to talk to some of uh, the people I've had an opportunity to speak with and interview has been absolutely amazing. That's awesome, man. So uh, for the people out there who may be listening who want to do stuff like this, I mean, because I get it all the time where people are like, hey, I like sports, I like wrestling. I just want to talk about it all the time, you know. Uh, how how did it happen? I mean, it sounds like a simple but complex question, but um, would you say that there was a particular moment that led to you then being able to work your your journalism into covering wrestling and things like that, or just just a? I mean, how how does it happen? Well, like I I had some friends that I I would write an occasional long-winded email to just for for laughs you know and and uh i I had good support from my buddies who would just tell me like hey you're you're kind of wasting you know you're you're wasting your talent doing you know this this day job that you're doing and and you know you really should so that encouragement kind of led me on to do more but uh the the biggest thing was you know falling in line with someone that was a like-minded person that wanted to do the same kind of goals i had and you know, taking it seriously. It, it's it's not easy. So, you know, we started with kind of a crummy website that we were just doing what we were doing in. And uh, I'll, I'll give credit even to uh, my, my partner, Paul, that I work with because uh, I didn't have a lot of faith at first. And next thing I know, this guy was at a son's practice doing a video interview with one of the players, you know, and, and <laughs> I, sometimes like that's, that's all it takes is having the belief that it's that easy. Because um, it really is sometimes if you're if you're dedicated to it and you know you you want to do something in it, it it doesn't even take you really necessarily getting a job with a company to do it you can you can start on your own you can you can start your own website you you don't even have to you know pay for it there are free sites out free hosting sites there's all sorts of stuff to do out there uh even even us we we started out with just covering you know practices and games and you know being given one day uh passes to come to a practice here and there or whatever and basically just showing that you're professional and that you're there to actually cover the sport and do a job Uh, i think there's a lot of people that work in sports and such that do it or want to do it for the joy of of like watching sports Uh, my my personal opinion is it's it's work it's like anything and once you start doing it you realize quickly that it is work you know one of the enjoyments of going to sports is to sit in the audience with your friends and drink a beer and watch the game and relax uh when you're when you're there at your at uh, at a game by yourself and you're covering it and you have to uh take notes and it's a lot more like uh 
you know, it's a lot more like class. You have yes, to pay attention constantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you start to realize that, you know, it's a grind and it's like any other job. It's absolutely an amazing opportunity. And I, there's times where I can't believe that I get to do the things I get to do still to this day. But it's also, uh, you know, it also takes me away from my family just like any job. And, and it has long hours. I find myself, uh, you know, working until 11, you know, 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, uh, doing a story or covering a game and then still having to get up at five 30 in the morning and get my daughter ready, you know, to go to, to go to daycare, you know? So it's, it, it, it's, it's trying at times, but I, I will say that the key to it is, um, you know, starting small and, uh, you know, trying to put something out there that, that people want to read and that people want to listen to. If you're, if you're doing a podcast, do a podcast. I mean, it's mm-hmm. podcasts aren't hard to do. And, you know, one of the biggest things about them is, is if you, if you're interested in doing this, you know, start doing it now. And, uh, even if nobody's listening, at least you're recording yourself and, and you're getting better. I, I know I'm still light years away from being as good as a lot of my colleagues and, and people I know that do this. But yeah. I, I figure if I, if I'm not podcasting, if I'm not, you know, putting myself out there and trying, uh, to accomplish my goals, I'm not going to be practicing and getting better. I'm just going to be sitting around wishing I was doing it. So, you know, you, you, even if uh, you go out there and you get some bad iTunes reviews like I have in the past, you got to kind of just press on, man, and, and do your thing. Absolutely. I think the the tough skin and uh, another the part you mentioned about just getting that practice in is just so important. You know, I think a lot of people overlook that. It's just do it even if someone's, you know, even if no one's listening, you got one listener, whatever. I think exactly. Exactly. Getting that practice in is just so important. Because you wouldn't do it otherwise. And that's the one thing I try to tell, you know, a lot of people because be, they, they see that I do a lot of stuff. And they're, they're like, wow, you, you do a lot of shows. You do, you know, a lot of interviews. And, and my thought process is, you know, each one is different. There's complications. There's successes. There's failures. I had one interview one week that I felt was the greatest thing I ever did, and then the, the next week I, I thought I was terrible, you know. <laughs> and then I talked to my, you know, the guys I do the steel cage with, and they're just like, "Yeah, you're an insane person. They were both good. You're fine. You know, stop, <laughs> you know, stop being so critical." But to this day, I'm I'm still that same way, and I'm I, I think that's the key is to never uh, never feel like you're at the top of your game. You're not, uh, you're not, you, you constantly need to practice and put work into it. And, and I think that's the biggest key. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into some wrestling, shall we? Oh yeah. Uh, first, uh, Derek, I got to ask, what's your earliest wrestling memory? I mean, I gotta, I'll, it'll probably be kind of dating you in a little bit, but I do want to, <laughs> I kind of want to realize, I want to get an idea of how you came into it and, uh, and then we'll work up to the present. My, my first, uh, wrestling memory is a foggy memory of going to a live event at Veterans Memorial Coliseum here in Phoenix and seeing uh, both the Ultimate Warrior and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage in the same night. I, I, I'm I, they fought basically squash matches because it was it was a house show type event, but it forever changed me. And uh, I remember immediately like trying to find wrestling, like that was the one thing as a kid we had. We had a different life back in the 80s when you tried to find a television show. It, it wasn't, you had no idea when it was on. You couldn't even find it in the listing sometimes. But then all of a sudden there it would be on a Saturday night and <laughs> I would be lucky enough to be watching it. So I, I will say that my first wrestling memory aside from that live event is watching uh, an episode of, of Saturday Night. Um, 
main what was it main event Spanish right main that, event. Yeah. yeah and it was um Jake the Snake versus Macho Man and uh Jake the Snake I believe kissed Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man went insane and got disqualified and made Jake the Snake's head bleed uh and that was that was the point where I went and looked for my older brothers to prove to them that wrestling was not fake as they had been claiming mm-hmm. that it was in fact real and uh yeah that that was forever ingrained in me as well ah okay nice all right, I, I found out from my last guest last week, uh, my buddy Kalik, that did you know, I'm sure you probably know since you've been here a while, um, that Ultimate Warrior had a wrestling school out here? Yes, yeah, up uh, by the, it was up north, right? Like by the Grand Canyon? I, I didn't that? know where it was, but I did not know that, like, at all. Like, this was something I just learned. I was like, really? What? Yeah, and that was a dangerous time for me because I was of that age to be thinking about doing that when he had that school here. <laughs> and I won't lie, man. There were some times that if he would have been a little bit more straightforward and and just like a normal person, I I might have considered it. But when I went to his website and saw some of like the crazy Ultimate Warrior style rants being used to describe the kind of training you were going to get, I was like, <laughs> "All right, no, that's all right. I'll pass on that, man." Kind of scary <laughs> I'm stuff. good, dog. Like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's like, we will teach you to be both spiritually and physically fit and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, no, all right, I'm good on that. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Okay, so going up to the to the present right now. Um, WWE, let's just mainly focus on. What are, what's your opinion of the, the product nowadays? Uh, I'm sure you guys have chatted plenty about the new era and uh, the new SmackDown, new Raw, the draft and all that. But uh, what do you think right now overall of the product? Are you I optimistic? Think... Are you uh, pessimistic? What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm optimistic, definitely. I'm optimistic because of the direction that they're going overall. Even if they're not committed to it right now or even if they've, they're having some growing pains with doing the brand split – like I get it. They they need the space to grow and as it stands there's way too many guys, you know, especially when you look down the road at 6 months from now and you're talking about Austin Aries and Nakamura and a lot of the guys from NXT, uh you know, the Revival all being up on the roster uh, and and going going on one show. I I think that would have been really difficult. So I I don't mind the brand split even though I feel like you know, there's like like a lot of people have said. There there's a lot of unevenness to the roster. SmackDown looks a little light. Raw is is pretty decent, but overall, you find yourself still kind of scrambling to put together certain matchups. Uh, you know, the women's division and tag team division and both look a little weak right yeah. now. But I think that's that's all going to change. I think um, I'm I'm really excited about the stuff they're doing. Just as far as the the people they're acquiring, you know, bringing in guys like Gargano and Ciampa and just that whole cruiserweight classic thing they're doing, it's it it, it makes me feel like they aren't so committed to just doing one one kind of wrestling, you know. Yeah. Um, we 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 had that stubbornness from them for a while, <laughs> you know, with with a lot of things, and I feel like the way that they've you know kind of embraced the whole reality era thing. It's it's been smart and it's worked. And as as long as they continue down this path and continue to kind of evolve into you know a company that really tries to embrace this indie market, if you want to call it that, you know the 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 style of wrestlers you would find at a at a PWG show or, or at Ring of Honor, um, and and bring those guys in and and you know see the value in them. I think that they're going to be in great shape a year from now. I think so. You know, you might have you might have just hit something every week. I I feel like I get a little more clarity on what I think the new era actually is. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and I still don't know. But I feel like maybe that's that's it, kind of this indie centric kind of way of thinking, a way of booking, and uh, and just a different style of guy. You know what I mean? Different styles yeah. of wrestlers, and 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 I think that may be what what this new era is. You know, all about for them It's just just adopting some different you know some different ways. Which is exciting to me because I mean it's been the same for a while, and uh, has there been a moment where you kind of tuned out like throughout the history, your history of wrestling, where you have a few years maybe or a year or a month where you just <laughs> were like, you know what, I'm done. I had a few years like that. Um, I think it involved like a Miz title run and some yeah. other things. Yeah, where I was just like John yeah, Cena, John Cena done. being overly powerful there. Cena mania, Super yeah. Cena, you know, Super Cena. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I think like there was a time I, I way back, you know, I, I talk about my older brothers kind of scrutinizing me, but when I was a kid, you know, it, it really was looked down upon differently than it is now. You know, uh, even though my dad was from Puerto Rico and appreciated the the everything about wrestling he still kind of mocked it like he did a lot of things and you know when i was a kid i didn't feel especially when i started maturing and getting into becoming a teenager i started you know kind of putting it off to the side but i'd still always keep up up on it you know i'd always kind of watch uh watch superstars when they had it on sunday mornings and gave you like that 30 minute recap of what happened during the week mm-hmm. uh you know but like there there were some time there were some times during the Cena years i think um Honestly, when they did the WCW invasion and it fell so flat, mm. I remember being really disappointed by that. And like again, that was a time period where I didn't turn it off completely, but I definitely checked out and I wasn't watching it every week and I wasn't, you know, keeping up to date on everything. I just kind of scanned it or uh, you know, would read what happened on the internet or whatever, but yeah, there, there, there was some times definitely during, I think, from, you know, from 2000 to 2010, there were a couple of spots where it felt like, you know, wrestling was kind of boring. And I think bringing back ECW and CM Punk and a lot of that, that really sparked my interest in, in yeah. you know, coming back to the product. And it's funny because that's very similar to what they're doing now, you know, bringing in a guy that actually has a history and has, you know, a lot of buzz about him uh, independently without being a part of WWE and then coming in as like this free agent type, it, it was a, it was a brilliant move. And I, I feel like he was, he is to this day kind of the blueprint for them realizing the value in someone like that. You know, he was the biggest star in their company at one point. Um, Daniel Bryan too. He's another guy yeah. that, you know, 10 years ago they would have never looked at or considered, or if they did bring him in, they would have been relegated to some sort of cruiserweight thing or tag team or whatever, you know, but not given the opportunity that those two guys were given. So, uh, and, and, and they fought for it. They deserved it. Um, it's oh, not absolutely. like they were, they were given anything, but you know, I think, I think for me, that's the kind of wrestler that I've always been interested in. Um, you know, even, even back in the day, like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and those guys were way more interesting to me than any big muscular, you know, <laughs> bodybuilder type. So, yeah, I think the way those guys got over is just a, just being, uh, you know, even looking a little different, looking like, hey, so that fans could be like, that could be me, or yeah, you know, absolutely, that's, that's a right, looks like the guy down the street, you know, right. so it gives the, a little bit of that, you know, that reality surge, which I guess they didn't necessarily want back in the day. You wanted these guys to be living, you know, comic book characters, or, you know, 
and things like that. Like I still remember the first time I saw Kane, you know, and I was just like, oh my god, like what is this? Awesome, you know, and just getting <laughs> so that awesome. those chills, like like I just like I was watching a movie and this yeah. giant monster just knocked the wall down, you know. God, so, I loved the red and the purple lights that they used so much during those segments. Like oh, yeah. it was so effective, and it made me like yeah, like you said, it gave me chills watching it, and I. Like I was compelled. That was during that time frame that I speak of, where I was kind like kind of not watching it, but stuff like that. That's what brought me back. Like mm-hmm. you, you put something out there like that on TV, and you know I couldn't help but be interested by it. So they they always have done a good job, and I think that's the thing was is during like that 2000 time period when everybody started using like a normal name like John Cena and Randy Orton, <laughs> like a lot of that, you know, a lot of that intrigue and mystery and, uh, you know, kind of over the top, sure, maybe campiness, but, you know, over the top kind of storytelling was gone. And, yeah. uh, you know, they'd, they'd bring out Undertaker every once in a while, you know, and, and have him come out and do the shtick. But, mm-hmm. you know, until they started realizing, you know, that we, we want to see guys like that you know, characters like Bray Wyatt came around. It's it that that kind of renews my faith that you you can have a little bit of everything. You know, you can have the MMA guys that that are going to come off like you know real ass kickers, and then you can have someone like Bray Wyatt that you question what the source of his power is and what the mystical nature of him is, and you know, <laughs> is he a cult leader or is he Satan? I don't know, but you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, When's the last time you like legit marked out at an event? Um, at, at an event, I, I would say, uh, it was when Chris Jericho was a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble here in Phoenix. Mm. Uh, it, it was just one of those moments where, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't part of WWE. It was a very well kept secret. And when he came out, I, I jumped up and down, uh, <laughs> like a little kid in one place. I, I stood on my chair. I hugged strangers. It, it was amazing. And again, it wasn't a significant thing. You know, he didn't win it or anything, but man, it was just his presence. And, you know, just Jericho, he's, he's such an awesome character. He's such an awesome performer. Um, and it was such a shock. I, I remember that being like one of those rare moments that I just, and, and like other people around me felt the exact same way. Like I remember looking at other people and other grown men are just jumping up and down and screaming and, you know, it was, it was great. But, uh, I, I did have a mark out moment, you know, when Ambrose won the title, I thought that that was really cool just because I kind of jokingly predicted it, but I didn't, my heart wasn't in it. <laughs> I, I just kind of something I said on the show, but I didn't really think that he was going to win the money in the bank and then cash in the same night. Um, and when everything went the way it did. I, I did. I found myself even at home, even though I wasn't there, doing the same thing. Like where I was just like, I, I saw it happening. It was happening. I just stood up, and it was you know, it was it was like it was like when I was watching the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, this is it. This is it. You know? Nice, nice. Oh man, I I think I think being there, I've probably done it every single time I've gone to an event. But I think in person, just watching it on TV, I think. I think my last time it might have been pretty recent. I mean, honestly, I think Sasha winning the women's title like totally caught me, oh, threw God, me for a loop. I'm, I might have had a second of a mark out there. Yeah, uh, I was not Seri- expecting that. Seriously, at that one, man, that one felt special. That felt yeah. Like there's there's few people that can really get you to feel that emotional about them winning a title. I mean. We we saw Zack Ryder, you know, win it, and I was standing like twenty feet away from him at WrestleMania when he did, and I was like, "Meh, whatever," you know. <laughs> and, and watching Sasha on Monday, I remember like tears welling up in my eyes and feeling like I was watching a 
longtime friend finally succeed at their goals in life. <laughs> it, it, it's it's interesting that you know the women's division is in that position that it's in now, and and she's a big part of it. She's a big reason why it's it's so good. Oh, absolutely. I I think. I saw her open the show this week on the Raw, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like I don't remember the last time that's happened when the women's champion started off the show. So very impressive. Um, this is this is definitely a new thing. Yeah. So let's talk about. Have you seen the last few Raws and SmackDowns? Yes, okay. Absolutely. So let's just talk about them. I guess, in your opinion, which show has the lead right now, and um, what do you like about each of them, and what do you maybe not like about each of them? I, I think Raw has the the lead just because of their roster. And I think that they did some really great things right out of the gate. I think that their first episode um, after the brand split was everything you wanted. Like you said, we got the Sasha victory. We got Finn Balor becoming number one contender. We got a lot of really good things, um, you know, in that first night. Uh, and I think it was hard for them to sustain that level of excitement. So uh, all things considered, I felt like, you know, the second episode, uh, uh, the follow up was was pretty decent. It was more realistic. It was more of what we can expect, you know, from from their normal programming. I I felt like everything they did on that first episode of Raw was was too perfect. I was I was <laughs> suspicious. I was like, there is no way it can be this good going forward, you know, and, and SmackDown, I think, came out of the gate a little slower. I think that SmackDown definitely has some criticisms about it. There's a lot of people that you know, heard what they were saying and were, you know, like myself, I was really expecting that show to be the show that was a wrestling show, you know, and I was expecting to see like a, you know, Kevin Owens and a Cesaro over there versus all of those guys, you know, being lumped together on Raw still. Yeah. Uh, and, and Randy Orton and Cena being over on SmackDown with all of that talk about, you know, how they were going to make it about the wrestlers and not about the other stuff. Uh, yeah. But with that being said, it, it it's starting to make more sense to me because I feel like, even though they've split it even evenly now, I feel like SmackDown is going to get a lot of the newer people. You know, we saw mm. the annou announcement Shelton Benjamin's coming over, which is awesome. You know, Rhino's predictably possibly going to be part of the roster. Um, so I, it feels like what they're having is a mix of, you know, uh, some superstar level talent with the really new talent. Um, it'll be matchups that we haven't seen before, and it'll give the new guys the ability to kind of, you know, get that rub from from guys like John Cena and Randy Orton. So I, I think it'll work well. But right now, I, I would still definitely say that Raw has the advantage. Raw, you know, still feels like, you know, the the A show. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the way that the rosters are split up right now and the way that they have the titles over there, just it feels like Raw has more going on. Uh, I, I'm not super excited about them bringing all of these titles to both shows. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't I, want extra titles like i just don't feel like that's gonna do anything for right and and the cruiserweight title is gonna be on raw so we're talking about like two tag teams two women's championships two you know men's championships two mid-level championships a cruiserweight you know it's a lot of belts um and, yes. and i i get it i get like the that they have these aspirations to really bring in a lot of talent and you know they, they have a lot of guys in the performance center training and and all of that but it, it just it feels like uh, it, it feels like a lot. It does. I was at uh, I was at Comic Con this year, and there was a WWE panel, and uh, Becky Lynch was on it, and uh, she was she was pretty real about it. Someone asked her like, "Hey, what do you think about being on SmackDown and yada yada?" And she said, "Well, it's cool, but 
there's no title on that show right now, and I don't really know what their plans are. But you know, everybody's everybody's in this to be a champion at some level or some point. And it's funny that we, I feel like now belts don't really matter as much, but I think that titles do mean something, you know? So they, and even then they were saying, I think AJ said it too, like these guys were just as in the dark as we were for watching, you know, a lot of guys didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what the champions were going to be doing and things like that. And they're still sorting it out. So I don't know. I feel like are, are titles important or... Are they not? Like, I guess I would prefer a floating champion who just goes to each show, I think. Yeah. I yeah, think that I, needs to be what happens, I think. I would, too. I would say that, you know, you're going to have brand-specific pay-per-views, so you can have, like, the number one contender come from that show no matter what, and the champion from either show is defending no matter whether they're on Raw or SmackDown. But if it's mm-hmm. a SmackDown pay-per-view, have one of the SmackDown women challenge for the title at that show. I think that that would allow them to do, you know, number one contender situations, you know, small tournaments, stuff like that to keep mm-hmm. it interesting. I, I don't I don't see them being able to really put together a women's division with the number of women they have on SmackDown right now. So mm-hmm. if if you at least put them in a pool where they're constantly vying to be the number one contender for the next thing, then that basically kind of makes the number one contendership kind of like the championship on that show to a certain extent when there's not a show when, you know, when, when the belt's not there. Okay. Uh, but like, like, like the intercontinental belt, for instance, that was my idea with that was to make that essentially the SmackDown championship, you know, like I was thinking uh, that too, like those, sh- that should be the main event every SmackDown. I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, people like us still hold a lot of prestige in the intercontinental title, even though it seems like WWE doesn't. You know, and so you could easily have that be the other show's main championship. And that still allows you to use the U.S. title as the mid-card belt. Um, And, you know, if if you put it on SmackDown by itself and you have the number one contenders, you know, fighting over it and and the top guys, then it's still going to be seen as that show's main championship. It it, it just it would have made a lot more sense uh, to do it that way instead of you know, creating a universal belt and all these other belts that they're going to eventually create. I mean, I think this is where what started making me tune out last time. It's just because now everybody's a champion. It's like, let's just make new titles for them, you know? And I don't know. I don't know if that's what AJ was kind of getting at in his kind of long rant with with Cena on the last SmackDown. Yeah. But he mentioned something about, you know, you don't get a second place trophy and things like that. And, and things, and I thought that was interesting because that's the always the way I uh, imagined it when they're adding new titles instead of just fighting for the title that that's there. You know, I don't know what do you think about that. I, I I wonder if they truly think that we feel the same way about the titles. Like, do they think by creating another championship belt that we're like, oh yeah, these are both equal now? Like, it was just like <laughs> the big gold belt. We always saw that as being the lesser than because it's not the real WWE belt. Yeah. Um, and they even treated it as such. Like, you know, significant people held it, but yeah, they didn't still, they didn't treat it as the same way they did as the WWE heavyweight title. No, they didn't. No. It wasn't even like main event, you know, on the big pay per views. Like they would always do the WWE title last, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know. (sighs) But anyway, moving forward. I'm hopeful, but I will say that it's a lot of wrestling, you know, to keep up with. And I think that's another thing that's the simplicity of having less champions is 
you know, it's it's not as much to keep up with, and you don't feel as exhausted trying to, you know, factor in all these champions on all these different shows and you know all this all this that they're doing. I mean, I love that they're doing what they're doing, and it really feels like they're trying to put enough product out there for you to just enjoy whatever show you want to watch. You yeah. know. But, I think, but, I don't know, you say exhaustion. I don't think they're worried about our exhaustion, but originally, no, you no, know, they don't all. care. They're like, consume it all. Like, yeah, yeah, money, 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 money. Yeah, but um, I, I was thinking the reason they were doing this was to, for, you know, to avoid the talent's exhaustion. You know, like, all right, we have a completely different roster on this show, so you don't have to travel as much. You yeah. know, that's my original thought was this, yeah. was that they were going to lessen their load. So if that yeah. happens, then I guess I'm okay with it. But. No, no, that's a, that's a good point too. Because honestly, I've already seen tweets from talent saying stuff like, "Really enjoyed my weekend off, ready to get you know to work on SmackDown uh, live tonight and stuff like that." And you can just tell like, mm. they're the, these are people that normally have had to travel 360 days out of the year, so it, it's it's rough on them. And to have this opportunity to at least work a little bit less, like to have two personal days off per week instead of traveling, you know, every day all week and having a half day to yourself while you're in a town on tour, it makes a big difference for a lot of them, you know? Oh yeah. It's a huge difference. Like, I don't know how these guys do it. I mean, just from the little bit of time that I've been around them, I'm just like, this is an insane schedule that they keep. And it's like, how do you get to see family? Like, how do you do anything? You know, it's, it's insane to me. Did you ever hear Brock Lesnar's um, interview on, uh, Highly questionable by any chance. No, I didn't. Okay, because he, you know, it's crazy because Brock Lesnar is such a tough guy and he's so big and he's so this and, you know, he's a monster and all this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he started describing, you know, what it's like to tour with the WWE. And he's like, it's just the worst. You know, he's (laughs) like, I don't, he's like, I don't like flying. I don't like staying in hotel rooms. I don't like, you know, doing that. I like, you know, I'm a simple guy that likes to be at home. And like, just to hear him talk about it, you know, like it, it's obviously he's, you know, been there he's done it he didn't like it that's why he kind of left and went and did the the ufc thing and and trying to do other options um and has a great contract now with the wwe and his schedule but you know to hear someone say that like him it it just kind of really makes you understand it's it's tough you know because that's a tough dude saying that and he's still like yeah no i don't like it i don't like (laughs) being on the road i don't want to do that that's no i don't you know and so it's it's not easy and i mean i give i give these people all the respect in the world for what they do. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's cool to see someone like Sasha, you know, mm-hmm. get recognized. It's cool to see some of these younger guys get recognized. And, uh, you know, aside from what you were saying, I, I definitely think that's the other big benefit is, you know, a lot of these people that are working their ass off to, to do this, they're going to get recognized sooner than they would have had this just been one roster and mm-hmm. one, one champion and one this and one that. So, that's true. you know, even, even though it might not be super important to, you know, uh, you know, wrestling fans who are really in the know and kind of feel it's oversaturated with the belts. Uh, you know, the the regular casual fan is still going to think it's something awesome when they win it, and mm-hmm. to them personally, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think about it from the perspective of a guy who attends shows, and I will be upset if I let's just say I don't know. Let's just say before the draft, I bought tickets to a RAW that was coming to my town. And now I'm not going to see whoever I wanted to see. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that no, part it will definitely, I think, turn off, or at least a guy like me, 
from thinking like, oh, I'm not going to get to see the New Day if I go to a SmackDown. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know? No, you're absolutely right. And I mean, they they did they did move you know s- certain guys around in, in a key formation so that they they tried to get all of your favorites on both shows so that you know you you wouldn't be like oh SmackDown's coming to town I'll skip it you know which <laughs> which kind of feels like that but then if you you know there's still American Alpha and a couple of other guys you know and you're just like oh, I love Dean I really want to see it you know so <laughs> it, it it does put you in a position but I'm with you 100 percent man I I think. You know, my my only uh, thought on that, at least from personal experiences, is one time I went to a SmackDown that had all of these people advertised, and it was uh, like an anniversary show for SmackDown. And every single person they advertised all appeared via video message. Oh, every what? single one of them, wow. including John Cena that night. John Cena wasn't even there at the wow. at the arena, right? What? But at the very the very last video they showed was Kurt Angle, who was with the WWE at the time, mm-hmm. and he made a statement that. He's like he he made a statement about nobody none of those people being there that night and that he was going to create his own moment that night and that's the night that I saw him shoot the big show with a tranquilizer dart and shave his head and it was one of my greatest memories in wrestling history so like now I have this weird thing where even when things start to go bad I just sit there and wait <laughs> I'm like all right this could never mind this could turn around could let's turn just around. let's give it a sec <laughs> All right. Okay, I think we're going to take a quick little break, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam, maybe make some predictions, and we're going to talk a little bit of sports. I'm going to talk some suns. All right, it's Matt Mania, and I'll be back in a sec. What's Kate Murdoch here? And I want to talk to you about something real fresh, real new that myself and Megaran are doing now, and it involves you, the fans. Myself and Megaran just launched a Patreon, a monthly way for you all to subscribe to us and what we do for as little as one buck a month. You'll get free exclusive downloads, a guaranteed song a month, and if you pledge at the $10 level, you'll get a free project a month, whether it be something we do together, whether it's something solo, a side project that I engineer or produce, it's guaranteed exclusive for you Patreon supporters. So, if you really like what we do, then this is the time to get down and join us. We are trying to bring back that Nintendo Fun Club vibe because this is essentially a fan club for the real fans so check it out patreon.com slash bits and rhymes that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash bits and rhymes and now back to your regularly scheduled program what's up it's mega ran and i'm here with derek montilla and we are talking all types of things mainly wrestling of course as we do on this show so i'm back and i want to really quick talk about SummerSlam which is coming down the pike. And it uh, seems to be a pretty stacked lineup. I think we got some good matches here. Matches that before this draft, I never would have thought we would see. So, <laughs> No, so actually, not at all. I think that that's, that's a cool thing. I mean, I, I, I would have told someone that you were crazy if you told me that Dolph Ziggler was going to be in a world title match at the pay-per-view after losing to Baron Corbin a month ago. So... <laughs> And SummerSlam of all things, like that's not just a <laughs> that's a, this is a big event, yeah. right? Yeah, that's not just a mid middle of the way pay per view. That's a big deal, man, and it's it's fun. I think that's the best part about this is it, Dolph Ziggler should be at this level, even though he hasn't been. And uh, it's it's interesting to see like what happened on SmackDown with Dean Ambrose kind of antagonizing him. 
Uh, I, I don't. I, I feel like they're going with Dolph Ziggler back in a heel direction, which I feel is a really good move for him. Uh, but more importantly, I'm, I'm the other match that that I would never have believed is, is Seth Rollins facing Finn Balor for a championship. Like that, that's amazing as well. I mean, they they really delivered with the two championship matches. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this match is going to go last, but they, it was the first one made was Brock versus Randy Orton. Um, Brock's coming off a win in MMA. Also, there's a little bit of a controversy with mm-hmm. um, some enhancement things going on. From what I understand about that is uh, I don't know what's happening or what they're going to do about that. But um, this will be an interesting match, I guess. Um, maybe you could tell me, have these guys ever faced each other before? Um, I don't believe so. Because from my knowledge, Randy Orton was... Like, you know, the WWE loves to erase the history when it doesn't go their way. Yeah. And uh, Randy Orton's first championship reign was essentially made to erase the memory of Brock Lesnar because he had um, he was the youngest champion prior to that. And yeah. they had a chance for Orton to win it prior to him being older than Brock was. So, um, you know, I, I don't think so unless it occurred back in that period of time before Randy Orton was really a, a a big name when he was still kind of in his initial phase, but I, I don't recall. And I, I think that this match that I really wasn't interested in was given the exact amount of life it needed on raw on Monday. I thought it was perfect. I mean, I went from, I'm, I'm not going to say I wasn't interested to see it, but I just definitely the other two matches overshadowed it. And what they did with the main event on raw, it was exactly what I needed to see in order for me to, uh, to, to be back into it. I will say though, I would, <laughs> it took me a moment. Like this is how the the brand split hasn't even set in with me because they kept <laughs> making such a big deal about Randy Orton being there, and I was like, "What?" But Randy Orton was on SmackDown <laughs> this week. Why is this such a big deal? Right. Like, and then I remember, or I realized, I was like, "Oh, he's not supposed he's to be not there." Supposed to be there. Okay. <laughs> Just took me a second because the it, brand it's still split, new. Well, it's still new. Yeah, it's, it's still very hard. fresh. You know. So we're like, wait. Um, isn't he supposed to be there? <laughs> you know. Um, strangely, Brock showed up on SmackDown. Same thing. It's like he's not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And um, and he had on like the Suplex City shirt from Atlanta, which was where they were Monday, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Uh, just showed a little continuity going. Yeah. With that. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting a new shirt for you. This is SmackDown. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> right. Like why what would about I the have, Atlanta shirt? <laughs> why would I have a shirt for Nashville? I'm not even yeah, supposed right. to be here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was great. Uh, what do you? How do you expect this match to go? Um, I saw some rumors somewhere around where they're like, "Oh, Brock's supposed to win," especially coming off you know a UFC a real victory. You know, how can you how can he lose? But um, after the drug test thing, I feel like maybe from what I read that they're kind of second guessing it and they're thinking about maybe letting Orton go over. So what do you think? I I would say Orton right now is going to be needed on SmackDown and Brock might just go back into being gone for the next three months after SummerSlam comes and goes. So. I don't know what the direction with that is, but if that's the case, then yeah, I would give Randy Orton absolutely the victory. I think it would uh, legitimize him once again as being one of the top guys. You know, you you beat Brock Lesnar, it's like like beating the Undertaker. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's it doesn't even have to mean anything, and it it means something. So yeah, uh, and and that's what that's what 
Brock beating The Undertaker did at, at WrestleMania. It made Brock into this new guy that could legitimize people simply by losing to them. I mean, mm-hmm. just having him get RKO, RKO'd on Monday was was kind of a big deal. So, I mean, okay. I, I, I think that it's a, a complete smart direction for them to go with with building Randy Orton up and, and keeping in that direction. So, with that being said, since that's the smart smart way to go, I'm sure Brock Lesnar will win. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's usually hundred percent sure that Brock Lesnar yeah. will probably win because it doesn't seem like they care about the drug stuff anymore. Like, if they did, I mean, even though Roman, for instance, isn't in the main title picture, and I'm happy with him being in, you know, I'm I'm okay with Roman being there, and I'm okay with him being in another feud, but he still gets put into a feud for a championship. He's still going to fight, I'm guessing, for the U.S. title, mm-hmm. and. Like that to me, still, even though it's the U.S. title and not the main championship, it still feels like you're, you know, giving him some sort of praise. It feels like you're giving him some sort of reward for failing your wellness policy. Uh, I, I would like to see Roman be put into like just. I'm, I'm not saying shelved or not used. I'm just saying like he could fight with somebody that doesn't have a belt, and they could have a feud and just you know dislike each other over anger or some event that occurred. But he, you know. Feel, okay. Having him in another title match just feels like once again a reward, and and it would feel like that if Brock wins at SummerSlam, it would feel like they don't care. Uh, huh. You know, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I thought I I just assumed the U.S. title is such a demotion considering where Roman's right. been the last few months that it's enough to kind of you know maybe to check him a little bit. Like and yeah, you don't totally. have to be anywhere in the conversation for the top of the top of this card. Like. You're yeah. You're, at this point, looking at this lineup, it's almost like an afterthought match. You know what I mean? So I feel like that is a demotion. I don't know. It is it is? I'm not, and I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying to a lot of people on the roster, fighting for the U.S. title would wouldn't be a demotion. It would be a privilege. You know. And so when you're talking about someone like Titus O'Neil got suspended for 60 days for touching Vince McMahon, it just seems kind of insane to me that Roman, you know, at least doesn't get. You know, like I said. He, he can still be featured on TV. He can be there. I mean, you can even give him a rivalry against someone like Jericho or something. That's going to be a, a relevant, you know, big name, not just, you know, nobody. Not, I'm not saying, like, yeah. put him in a rivalry with Darren Young or, you know, somebody, you know. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things that I just don't think Roman Reigns is. It's, it's still weird to me that he's still getting a title shot in some way, you know, but... Yeah. They just they have so much invested at him at this point. I think that they can't really, you know, really pull the plug a hundred percent on him. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what it is. We'll get to that match. I mean, I guess well, since we're here, we may as well talk about it. But uh, so Rusev and Roman, who who goes over here? Who's the U.S. champion at the end of SummerSlam? <laughs> oh man, I want to say Rusev is. I just want. I feel like Rusev is. I feel like it kind of just coincides with what I was just saying. But man, to give Roman a belt after this, like this soon, that just it. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not a stickler for rules, and I know what Roman was doing was essentially it's you know whatever. We don't even know because they don't have to tell us, and they didn't tell us. But mm-hmm. obviously, the assumption is he was doing something to keep up, you know, performance enhancing in some way, and that's all for the company that he's doing it for, you know, like even when you really want to look at him as being like a cheater or a bad guy for doing it, he's doing it so he can keep up with the demand of the thing that they're asking him to do. So I think at the end of the day, they're not frowning on him too much for missing, uh, that, that 
or failing that wellness test. Uh, yeah. I, I I will say that <laughs> one of my friends brought up to me that Rusev was in the middle of talking about cheating and Russia being accused of cheating for performance enhancing <laughs> drugs, and then Roman Reigns comes out. Like, wow. could they not have picked a better topic? To, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I know I didn't either, but I was like, oh my god, they did. They yeah. totally like had him come out when Rusev <laughs> was in the middle of talking about Russian athletes not being allowed to be in the Olympics because of PEDs. And, wow. I don't know. Maybe it would, that was a slight. Maybe they were trying to. That was one of those little digs that they like to do. Maybe it was a little dig. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So your pick is Rusev. Is that yeah? I'm stick Rusev. I, I feel like I I just feel too strongly about Roman. You know, not getting it. There'll be shenanigans. It won't be a clean victory. I'm sure Lana will get in the way or something mm-hmm. like that. But. Yeah, I w- honestly wouldn't mind Roman taking this title only because I would like to see Rusev kind of moving up a little bit, and yeah. I think that'd be interesting. I feel yeah. like he's ready for a for a main event type of opportunity. Maybe I don't know. No, but, he is. But he's it been a, was... he's been a great U.S. champ though, so I think that him having time to come out and get on the mic has been awesome. So I would like to see that continue. So only if the plan is to move him up. Uh, I'd be okay with Roman taking it. Well, and and the U.S. title thing feels like it's it's putting him in a you know in that very predictable place that they would for a, a you know somebody that's not from the United States, like a villain character like that. You know, uh, just it it just feels too much like they're stereotyping him, and by doing that with the U.S. title, or at least you know just having it be the U.S. title and him being so anti-U.S. it. it it feels like it's holding him back, like not just because of the level the title is, but just the storylines that they're doing with it. You know, yeah. it's kind of like Jack Swagger holding it. You're like, yeah, I get it, but come on. You <laughs> yeah, know? it's a little played out, I right. think. Exactly. So, yeah, I would like to see. I would be okay with it ending, ending to Roman, and maybe we get a whole new U.S. Open Challenge thing from Roman, and right. we get good matches, and I'd be okay with that. And and it wouldn't be surprise. It wouldn't surprise me because they they. It seems like Roman is following in the John Cena footsteps with the crowd reaction and everything. So I would see them using something very similar to what, you know, got John Cena favor with the crowd, which was that U.S. Open Challenge. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, it could work. Yeah. All right. So back to the oh to the Universal Championship, which uh, no one's nope. seen yet. Um, I think the name's terrible, but uh, I hope that this is a, a cool-looking belt at least. Um I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? Any any rumors? Anything about what the I belt haven't? Might... I saw. I saw like a. Said... It, it looked like a winged belt, but it was. I think it was fake. I don't think it was real oh. design, but it looked very wing. You know, winged eagle esque. Okay. Yeah, I read something that they were thinking about going back to that type of design, and um, I don't know. I mean, that belt was cool, but we'll see. It's, I think it's got to be something completely new. I like I like the world championship belt a lot right now. I, I mean I think they yeah. really nailed it with that one. Um yeah. and I, I like the women's championship looking, you know, like the men's championship and everything that they've done so far. So I, I have faith in them. It's kinda like with the music. Like I used to hate their music at one point, but now especially like the, the music of the guys coming up in NXT, I love yeah. so much of it that I've just it's like I went from having no faith in them to to put together <laughs> original music to being like, okay, you guys have my 100% trust now. Nice. All right, so Rollins and Balor, who you got? Um, I'm going to say uh, Rollins in that one. It, it still doesn't feel like it's Balor's time yet. Yeah, I feel like it, it has to be Rollins right now. That's that's legit. It's believable for now. I think Balor 
maybe at a future WrestleMania. Yeah. Can get his moment, but not yet. It also feels like they want to put the belt back on Seth because he de- technically lost it while being injured. So they, they they always seem to want to give back to those guys and, and get them the championship again. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, Ambrose and Ziggler. What do you think? Yeah, I think Ambrose retains. Yeah, I feel like he does. Um, I'm hoping Dolph maybe gets gets like a monster heel push. Yeah. Maybe in the the weeks leading up, maybe he just goes really, really bad guy, which I would love to see. Um, just to kind of get this get some heat in this feud, I feel like it's it's just warming up. But you know, I feel like somebody's gotta gotta I don't know take it to the next level, and I feel like Dolph going heel could could do it, make me more interested. I think. No, you're absolutely right. I, like I feel like the best thing Ziggler's done before all of this was, you know, there was a backstage segment where he was on the cell phone. He was talking to someone. He was like, "Huh? Yeah, no, no, I lost again. Eh, it's no big deal, whatever." And, and, he went on, and like it was just, it was funny because it was very, you know, it was Dolph briefly admitting storyline wise that he's been a big loser and that he hasn't been doing well. Um, and <laughs> again, that's that's that like small bits of reality that I like that they mm-hmm. you know put in there. If, if you're making Dolph lose every week, there's no reason why you shouldn't make that part of the storyline, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I I think him as a heel heel is the exact way to go. I think he has lost he lost everything when he had his face turn, and it it hasn't worked since then. So I think that this is going to be really good for him. Even if he doesn't win the title, if this is what pushes him over the edge to be the heel again then i think he can contribute a lot to smackdown because they're they're going to need they're going to need him they're they're limited on their roster so they're going to need a, a strong heel character that has the the history he does i think so all right so sasha banks and charlotte women's championship sasha retains hmm, i think so what i mean again i got excited and crazy and we got emotional when when sasha won that do you think they should have saved that for SummerSlam? hmm yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. You know, I felt I felt like Raw had two fantastic moments that didn't need to both be on the same show, hmm. you know. And, and again, that's why they came out of the gate so strong. Um, you know, it, it, it just it was an amazing night from beginning to end. And it, it had tournament aspects to it. It had, you know, the feels with Sasha winning. It had, you know, the amazement of Finn. It had, you know, all of the new guys being there. There was a lot to enjoy about it, but it didn't need to have all of that. It, it almost set the bar too high and yeah. it, it makes the following weeks kind of look a little boring. And like you said, yeah, there, there could have been a great moment at SummerSlam when Sasha won. I think again, they're going to crown a new championship and they're going to have a lot of other stuff going on. So maybe they feel they didn't need all of that at SummerSlam. So they wanted to come out of the gate strong on raw, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. That, that feels like it should have been the way to go. I think so, but I'm. Um, I feel like, and I understand them wanting to make a really good first impression on this new era thing and the the draft and all that. But I feel like they kind of shot their load. Like they can't, they can't reach that level of excitement again. Like, right. what else can be done to make it that exciting again? You know. So I don't know. Everything else will be a letdown by default. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, John Cena, AJ Styles, two. I think it's happening. So what do you predict goes down in this one? I honestly have no idea. Uh, and I like that about it. I, I have no idea. I feel, uh, once again, like John Cena is in total, I am putting everybody over 
phase right now in his <laughs> career. Like I feel like, and and I don't ever feel like that wasn't something John Cena wanted to do. I I kind of feel like WWE did that to him, but mm-hmm. now that he's in a a position to actually have a say in things. I feel like he wants to, you know, build some guys up. So uh, I just, I feel like AJ Styles winning here is, uh, is, is more important than John Cena winning. Could be wrong, but I feel like John Cena going on a little bit of a losing streak and, you know, needing to, to do the comeback thing is, is the best storyline for him on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. So I, I think that you're right. I think AJ goes over, but, didn't AJ beat him the first time as well? Yeah, yeah, and, so, I, and I think that's the mm-hmm. the heel aspect of it. Like maybe they'll do that mm-hmm. to split it and have a third one, but I think it would give AJ just the perfect thing to hold over him and to you know taunt him about that he can't beat him. You know? Yeah. Huh. All right, that's good. Next Intercontinental Title: The Miz versus Apollo Cruz. Uh, Apollo became the number one contender in a uh, triple threat match against Kalisto, Baron Corbin. Uh, so what do you think here? I want Apollo to win so bad. Yeah. I want him to. I just I don't feel like it's going to happen. I don't know if he's ready yet, but yeah. I, I think someone has to take it from Miz in a big fashion. Um, and But, yeah, I don't know. I think he should be on NXT still. I think there's a lot of character aspects that he could have worked out on NXT um, mm-hmm. that, that would have allowed him to be a little bit stronger on the main roster. I can agree with that. I feel like he's just kind of there. Like he's he's a great athlete. He does amazing things, and he just smiles. And that's really it. Like, and he's even he's even good backstage. Like I'm not even gonna right? knock you know his is the times that he's he's had uh, segments where he spoke or, or did whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's been fine. It just it, I don't know what his character is, and I don't feel like he does either. I think that a lot of guys get that right away, and. I think NXT is the perfect place to, at least if you have an idea of it, figure out what you can do to make it a thing. Like, yeah. you know, uh, there, there's Ty Dillinger with the 10 thing. That's a perfect example. That went from being like kind of a little joke, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> picking fun at him or whatever, to him holding up a giant, you know, ringside card now that says 10 when he comes out to the ring and having the crowd like chant 10, 10, 10. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the dumbest thing ever, but he made it his thing, and he embraced it and fully, you know, flourished the the whole perfect ten gimmick, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just something like that. Sometimes it's it's taking something that people, uh, you know, a joke or uh, something that you had in a rivalry that you carry over and make into your thing. You know, that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I I can agree with that. I felt. That way initially, because I, I wasn't watching a lot of NXT when um, Sami Zayn was there, and uh, I felt like when he came up, I was like, "Where's, where's the character?" You know, but yeah. maybe they feel like you you know him already, so they don't need it. Right. But I I feel like you know he spent a lot of time just locked in this Kevin Owens thing, where it's like, "Here's a guy who just doesn't like Kevin Owens. That's it. That's, That's all you his got. character. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's his character." No, so, totally. No, yeah, totally. You're absolutely I, I right. Could use, I was I was waiting for a little more development. I mean, I I mean he's awesome in the ring, but right. I think some character is is necessary for these for the both of them. I think to go a little higher. They got lazy with it, and they it was, especially with with Sammy, like you're saying, the the whole underdog character and everything that he was was developed in NXT, and mm-hmm. they just kind of assumed that you know that when he's up on the main roster. 
I, I felt like Kevin Owens definitely owned what he was about and made you know what he was about in the first 30 seconds of being out there. But yeah, Sammy, Sammy's a little different. You know, he's, he's definitely just the true baby face that gets beat a lot. And then we'll have that amazing, you know, Daniel Bryan moment where he, where he wins a championship or wins a big match or whatever. And I, I think that they're still trying to make him be that on the main roster. Uh, but they're waiting for the perfect time to put him through, you know, essentially the storyline that they probably already did in NXT. You know, he had a storyline with Cesaro where he couldn't beat Cesaro forever. And it was, you know, that was it. That was the whole storyline was that he just couldn't beat him and that Cesaro was always better than him. And, it, you know, it, yeah. it, it was really, really fun when he finally ended up going over. Yeah, that's true. Um, as of now, I don't see a match for Sami Zayn, but um, maybe something will happen in the next couple of weeks but uh tag team titles will probably be on the line new day we're thinking going against the club carl anderson luke gallows what would be your pick there oh i i would i feel like it's time for the new day to drop them um Mm -hmm. but i don't want the new day to ever drop them so i'm (laughs) conflicted on that i just think like anderson and gallows are really good they have a lot of pedigree coming into this and they could have been more than just aj styles henchmen initially I think that kind of, you know, that pairing made them into just his lackeys for a little while there. So I think throwing the championships on him now is a good move. I think it would build them up and, you know, the New Day is going to be at that level forever. I feel like, like until the New Day really, uh, you know, until the New Day breaks up or something like that happens, I think that they're a draw with or without the belts and that's, that's, what you're always looking for as, you know, a wrestling company, you're looking for those guys to be able to be something fans want to see. And they, they're that, they're that, they're, they're that, you know, absolutely 100%. So I would say that, you know, taking the championships off of them just helps to extend, you know, that to more matches, more opportunities for other things you want to see. But, you know, I, I always want to see the new day and, and honestly, they're kind of like, one of the few things or few acts that I want to see just speak, you know, yeah. like I don't even need to see a new day match. If they're just going to come out and entertain me and make jokes and do that kind <laughs> of stuff. I'm absolutely cool with that. And right. that's, that's, that's rare to find. <laughs> truth. Truth. Okay. So I agree. I think it's probably time, you know, with them passing the record of longest reign, it's time to give them up and they're still just as big, just as popular without them. And, um, I think that it could, I think it'll elevate, you know, Anderson and Gallows more so than, you know, or I, th- I think enough to make those guys a really, really dominant force, which could then make way for maybe another, you know, young team to feud with them, either um, Enzo and Cass, or I don't remember who else they have on Raw, but I'm sure there's somebody else. Yeah, but, but Enzo and Cass right now are at that position too, man. I mean, they've already kind of started that rivalry with the club a bit, so yeah. it, it it would be a nice progression. And, you know, it it could come after, you know, the New Day get their, you know, rematch and, and have that kind of work its course out and then have Enzo and Cass be the next uh, contenders. But it, it, it definitely is, is set up that way. And, man, I, I haven't seen a tag team like Enzo and Cass get the reaction that they get mm-hmm. in, you know, 15 oh, man. years, it's man. It's a long time, yeah. God, I, I I mean, as much as everybody loves the New Day, that was a slow thing that came along. And yeah. with a lot of things that happened with NXT, Enzo and Kaz 
I mean, a lot of things that that come like even Finn Balor coming out on Monday Night Raw and doing the, you know, raising his hands up thing. I was a little disappointed that more of the crowd wasn't into it. (laughs) But every single person in the crowd knew like every word of Enzo's, you know, is is promo. So it's it's amazing how big those guys are now. Oh, man. Yeah, they're huge. Sky's the limit, I think. I think they're I think they're uh, in line for like a big probably WrestleMania moment as well. Yes. Probably yep. probably next one. Who knows? Right. Um, and speaking of them, I think that they're in a match versus Jericho and Kevin Owens. Who do you got in that one? Um, I think Enzo and Kaz go over. Yeah. I, I think that'll be like an early match, but I, I do love the pairing of Jericho and Owens. I, I hope that they keep them like relatively close together for a while because I think there's a lot of entertainment value there. Absolutely. They're great. They're great together. And, and then they can fight each other, and then that's going to be amazing as well. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about some sports. I got two sports things I want to talk about sure. briefly, and this this probably won't be brief, though. But uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are uh, <laughs> not having the season that they were hoping for. Oh, and, God. Uh, Right the season now. I was hoping for. Or, yeah, or anybody in Arizona was hoping for. They're currently in last place. So, real quick, what do the Diamondbacks need right now? Is it is it starting at the top? Do you need a new general manager? What what would you do? What I would think, you do? I, I honestly think that a coaching change is needed, both at the pitching coach and, and the, the manager. I think that um, that's just been a, a real disaster for these guys, and you know, specifically the pitching, like mm. it's crazy. It's like, <laughs> it, it's like pitchers are coming in and they're like, yeah, you know, the fastball, you can't throw that here. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't throw that here. You can't throw fastballs here. So figure something else out. You know, like <laughs> I, that's the only thing I can imagine because there's such a lack of success. And then you have someone like Addison Reed who, you know, was, was just a choke artist if you want to call him that here in Arizona when he was here and then he goes off to the Mets and he has like a 166 ERA you know it's ridiculous yeah and I mean there's a lot of things to it I mean the ballpark itself isn't you know as much as people want to act like it's a fine-sized ballpark it's you know it's it's definitely a home run hitters ballpark and you know they they bring in you know the wrong personnel there's they're needed to keep guys like Brad Ziegler who are, you know, ground ball, boring pitchers that, yeah, they're not going to be powerful, they're not going to get a lot of strikeouts, but they'll keep the score at, you know, three to two and five, you know, less than five runs every game. Uh, So, like, to that degree, yeah, that falls um, on the GM. That falls on Stewart and and whatever him and Tony La Russa are doing. But, I mean, with, with the moves that they made, I feel like, yeah, they sacrificed, you know, here and there, and there's some questionable things, but people weren't calling for their heads at the beginning of the season. Uh, I felt like the moves they made, people were very happy with, you know, even though they spent a lot of money. Um, yeah. It just, when it comes down to it, it doesn't feel like the coaching was there. It, it kind of reminds me of the Nationals when Matt Williams was their coach. The Nationals were predicted to be, you know, the World Series contenders, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and they had an amazing roster, and then you know they changed to Dusty Baker, and here they are one season later, and they're one of the best teams in baseball with very few, you know, roster changes. Yeah. It's not like they went out and overhauled themselves. They're they're just a better team. So I, I, I credit managing, and I credit you know the ability to get guys prepared and keep guys healthy and all of that. But I, I definitely think at this point, you know, it it if for no other reason, it, it gives you something to 
you know, have a new start about. And uh, if they don't fire Chip Hale, I definitely think that the, the pitching coach needs to go at the very, very absolute least. Someone someone in management needs to go for <laughs> for the way this team wins. Someone yeah, it's, it's, it can't be acceptable to, yeah. <laughs> to, to be where they are. Like, exactly. It just, no, it just that's can't exactly. be okay. Like, some head's got to roll. And, man, I hate, I hate <laughs> believing in curses and whatnot, but the way they talked about, because I don't know if you were aware of the stadium situation and the way they wanted, you know, the, there was kind of a fight in the beginning of the season to get renovations done or else the Diamondbacks were somewhat threatening to move out of Chase Field into another location in Arizona. And they're like, they're the one of the worst home teams this season. So it just, it, it's like, I don't believe in curses, but man, you went and talked bad about your wow. home and you can't win and there can't at win. all. Like, that's just a little suspicious to me. Oh man. Wow. There may be something to that. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Okay. And, uh, last Phoenix sports issue is Amari Stoudemire just recently retired, um, as a New York Nick and, I I thought I was crazy when I raised the question of hey why not Phoenix <laughs> right you know where you had good years and, yeah you know not where rookie like, of the year remember were, Yao Ming was supposed to win it and you just yeah, stole it from him all those year. all those great years and dunks and pick and rolls and all that so um, anyway but he decided New York is where he would retire so um what do you think about that like what's uh, do you understand? Do you, do you feel like, yeah, that was that was okay? Now, I, I, I felt like he's had a lot of animosity with the team in general. And I think that like when he left to the Knicks is when he felt like he had re- achieved some sort of superstar stat- status. But from what I read, it sounded like he reached out to the Suns. Um, and there's there's a conflict. I mean, there's some people that are saying that he reached out to the Suns to actually be on the Suns roster for the season. And the deal that he made with the Knicks was, you know, one of those one day contracts where he could just retire yeah. with them. And so I, I don't know exactly what to believe, but the way Mari sounded was like he reached out to the Suns and they weren't really interested in, in doing it. So wow. I, 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 again, don't know who to believe. I think that's a big mistake if it was true. If it fell on the Suns, I think, you know, especially with the way things have been going for the Suns and not being a very good team themselves, I think it's smart to do something like that. And then you can have an Amari Stoudemire bobblehead night and he can come out and he can wave and maybe he can do a dunk for old time's sake and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> but, like, I, I I don't see a need to necessarily have, you know, animosity with a player that's retiring. And, I mean, man, there's a part of me that's like, even if he was asking for a one-year deal, is that so much to uh, – like, is that so bad? Like, yeah, I don't think He that's... could have played a mentor role on this team. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know how bad his knees are, but he could have still done something. He could have contributed in a slight way. And, you know, if nothing more, you could have had it be like the Kobe <laughs> retirement tour where people came out just to see him, you know, play his five minutes and wave to the crowd and do his thing before he finally retired. Yeah. Just from a PR standpoint, it, it seems like it would have made sense to me. So, uh, I don't know. At, at least it shows to me. I mean, the one thing, if you, if you look at it from that standpoint, the Suns seem very serious about rebuilding. I think they had a really good draft this year. I think that they've made some good moves, but they're being patient about it. They're not like, you know, they're not thinking like, oh, we're going to go for a championship this year. They they can see it being two seasons down the road. But I feel like they're putting themselves in a position to focus on that instead of, you know, what a lot of bad teams do, which is just kind of, you know, figure out a way to keep fans coming to games. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Oh, and also in current Amari Stoudemire news, I don't know if you heard this, is that he signed with a team in Israel. Yes. Where he's going to be playing a little bit. So he says he's healthy, he can play. Um, I was reading a little bit through the article and that he wanted to come back into the NBA this year, but only to a contender. Yeah. So he had reached out in the past to the Suns and they were not interested. And so this past offseason, he didn't reach out to them. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 That's yeah. where the conflicting report came around yeah. about when he did that. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that kind of shows his, he, he's, he still thinks he can play. And I mean, <laughs> you know what? I, whatever. I, I don't ever I don't fault these guys for going to Europe. Like I'd go to Europe just on a vacation, let alone if someone was going to pay me to go and play a sport that I'm pretty good at and I'm still significantly significantly gooder or better than uh, gooder. I'm terrible. Uh, better, better than the uh, the people that you're playing against. You know, like yeah. it, it's still like going out there against the JV team for <laughs> these guys. And I mean, even if they're not superstars in these leagues, they're still making money and still playing a game they love. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man, if, if I had the opportunity, I'd probably be one of those guys that they were like, man, Derek is still trying to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. These directing is right. $500 come out every Saturday, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, you, yeah, you get to play a game you, you love and it's fun and you're able to compete and you can pay. Like, come on, Plus, I'd play it till you know, I couldn't I, walk anymore. Exactly. And it kind of it kind of goes to some of the wrestlers that have talked about like, no, I really love Japan. It was hard for me to make the decision to come over to WWE from Japan. It's it's because like as much as we love America, sometimes it's pretty awesome to live in a different country and, you know, just absorb another culture and, and be there. So uh, especially when, you know, like a lot of the NBA players that go and do that, they, they have the luxury of being like, eh, I if I don't like it, I'm only here for, you know, eight months or whatever. All right. So I think we are at the end of our time. We've gone a little long this time, but it's been a good conversation and I appreciate yeah. that. So let the people know how they can get in touch with you. Like, what's the easiest way? Where do they find your work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check me out on thesportscave.com, and cave is with a K. Uh, and you can also check out The Steel Cage, and that's spelled like a normal person spells stuff, uh, thesteelcage.com. Um, you can also hit me up on Twitter at cap underscore caveman with a K. Or uh, if you want to send me an email, I'm at Derek at thesteelcage.com. Awesome. All right, so I asked all my guests to end us off with a song. So this is the time where you get to pick a musical selection. And it's usually something that either mentions a wrestler Maybe a dedication song to a wrestler, maybe a wrestler entrance theme, or just a song that you would come out to if you were a wrestler. Just be creative with it. Whatever oh, you like. Man. Um, okay. Uh a wrestler a song I would come out to if I was a wrestler would be uh Gold and a Pager by the Cool Kids. <laughs> Great. Uh, just because that is the baddest jam to like walk to. I, I just I don't know why that's such an amazing song to walk out to, but it, it just has an amazing amount of attitude to it. But honestly, I think another another thing I'd have to pick is your New Day Rock song, man, from, <laughs> Thanks, from man. Matt Mania. I love that song so much, oh, uh, and I'm, I'm a strong believer that the New Day need to use that as their theme song. So, <laughs> oh, is, man, that would be amazing. We should it, start some, uh, sort of, some sort of campaign or something yes 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 because we'll they, they, they need something new you know they need it new it would yeah, be perfect timing been... it would inject some new life into it but it's you know it's it's their song still so it's not a, a distant variation but it, it just it feels so right wow huh. it does when it, i hear the when i hear the original now it feels like it's missing 
the, 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 this the, my raps. the right the right <laughs> words to it right oh wow <laughs> i appreciate that man all right so we're gonna go out to the cool kids who i heard just recently got back together they were like broke up for like the last five years what? nobody really noticed but i noticed <laughs> and i got excited so that's um, awesome yeah i'm excited they're coming back all right so we're gonna go out with some cool kids golden the pager thanks so much derek for hanging out and I will see you on the interwebs. With a little bit of gold in a page. With a little bit of gold in a page. With gold in a page. With a little bit of gold in a page. Page. Gold, gold, page. With a little bit of gold in a page. With a little bit of gold in a page. With a little bit of gold, gold, with a little bit of gold in a page. Pedal down the foot, heels, wheelies on the front wheel. Real chuck? Not for play home, bro. I made those and those. I skate those and these. I take those and wear them like I made those. Even if I don't, cuz oh, I'll take those like that. Uh, put them in my knapsack, snap the top latch. Four finger ring on my belt buckle strap. Gotta hold up my jeans, cuz they falling off my ass. Then you gotta check these nikes at the bottom of my pants. Then you gotta check my hip, cuz my bumper's on blast. Just got it activated, he ain't even got an ass. So if my phone's off, you can page my ass. So I guess what it is, is I'm who I'm is, and I'm well aware. Gold ropes what I wear, and they big, and they hang, and they swing here to there, and I'm here. With a little bit of gold in a page. With a little bit of gold in a page. With a little bit of gold, gold page. With a little bit of gold. I'm a graduate with a coolie high. Yeah. The last day of school, threw my hat in the air with a new pair of shoes with the gum so posed for the class picture. And I flick like a glass fixture when the tip of your finger hits the switch. So, with a little bit of go, Motorola page, a fresh haircut, clean shave with the razor. It's a sickness where God is my witness. Been blessed with this gift since the day before Christmas. I'm trying. I am nice with the science on how to stay king in this jungle just like lions i gotta stay humble and move just like a bumblebee can't let you in great trouble me no so please no steeds biting i'm just a teenager with a little bit of gold in a page with a little bit of gold in a page with a little bit of gold gold page with a little bit of gold listening to the Geekscape Network.